Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. God, we thank You that Your Spirit is here. God, we thank You for the unity in this room. God, we thank You for the both corporate hunger in this room and individual hunger. God, we know that You respond to hunger. God, we just ask that Your presence tonight would do something defining in each of our lives. Father, we pray that Your wind would flow through this place afresh. God, sweep through. Let it be the the spark to start a wildfire. We pray birth dreams tonight. Release visions tonight over young people, Father, for their futures, God. Call destiny out tonight. God, speak vision tonight. Father, for the young and the old. God, would you do a new thing tonight? In Jesus' name, amen. You ready for what God's gonna do tonight? So good, you can take your seats. You know, I want to talk to you tonight really about the presence of God. And, you know, the thing about the presence of God is so often we can create this vernacular around a move of the Holy Spirit that can just have this, this kind of like it's out in the ether and, and hard to define. But I was saying to some of the young people uh, last night for the parents, different visitors here or for teenagers, if you weren't here last night, that in the, um, in the ancient Near East, there's two bodies of water. There's the, the Sea of Galilee and there's the Dead Sea. And these two bodies of water, you look at the Sea of Galilee, it's teeming with life, it's, it's got fish, it's vegetation, it's beautiful. Then the Dead Sea, hypersaline, it doesn't sustain life. But you look at these two bodies of water and, and they're both fed from the same source, the, the Jordan River. How is it that one body of water sustains life yet the other one doesn't? Well, simply this, they're, they're fed from the same source, but for every drop of water that goes into the Dead Sea, it jealously keeps it for itself. But for every drop that flows into the Sea of Galilee, it releases in equal measure. And the thing about the Holy Spirit is when He comes down and He does something in our life, it's not just there so for us to feel good or for us to have a little bit of a pump up, charge up, Super Saiyan, bless me club. No, no, it's not about that. It's about the empowerment of the saints. It's about the empowerment of the believers so that we can do the work that God has called us to do as the church here in the world. And I want to look at this tonight because when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, when He baptizes us, when He fills us, He gives us gifts that we can operate in. You know, when we're baptized, we, we could speak in tongues, and we, we could prophesy, we could lay hands on the sick and see them healed. There are different gifts that we can operate in when the Holy Spirit comes on us. And one of the gifts that we can receive from the Holy Spirit is the gift of faith. You know, so often we say you've just got to have faith. You know, faith isn't just something that you have. Faith is something that is given to you by God. It's a gift that God gives believers through the Holy Spirit. It's a gift of faith. And you know, tonight, I wanna preach to you from Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. It's the beginning of a faith-building, powerful chapter in the Bible. 
And it's something that just so eloquently outlines all these different great men and women of faith and what they did in each of their eras and times in their life. And it starts out in Hebrews 11 verse 1 that says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. Then the chapter goes on to tell us the, the secret to all of the accomplishments of all of these ancient heroes of Scripture can be attributed to this one quality that each of them all shared. There's this one quality that all of them had in their life. There were men, there were women, there were loud people, there were quiet people, there were big rulers, there were people that weren't in those big positions of authority. But there was one thing that they all had in common, and that was that they were carriers of faith. You know, faith is a very real thing. It's a measurable thing. It's something that is quantifiable. If you, uh, if you lack it, you can get it. It's something that you can carry. In church, I would submit to you tonight, young person, I would submit to you tonight that God is calling us to go back to the well and ask Him to give us a greater measure of faith. You know, I come from Melbourne. You weren't here this morning or last night. I'm part of a church in Melbourne called Faith Church, and we've got multiple locations in the southeast of Melbourne. And the thing about our church is we have boldly put these banging big signs out the front of our church with this beautiful five-letter word called faith. Now, if you're putting a word out the front of your church like that, you sure would hope that you would embody it as a believer, right? It's not just the name of a church that I attend, but it's a prophetic statement that we release over our people is that they would be carriers of big faith, that they wouldn't just go through the motions of church. They wouldn't just go through the the motions of Christianity. They wouldn't just watch a a few Maverick City songs on YouTube on a Saturday and then say that's enough for us to tick the Christian box. No, no, no. It's more than that. If we are believers, we need to be carriers of faith that the Holy Spirit would move through us. We've got to take bold faith steps so we would see God come through. You know, one of my mentors... um, he sits on the Youth Alive board in, in Victoria and, and he was talking to me once about this whole notion of faith and he's got this phrase around faith as he was just sort of expanding my faith and teaching into it a little bit and he, he was telling me, I've got this phrase around faith. I call it the faithometer. Turn to your neighbor, say the faithometer. Now, now say, say it like it's, you know, 9.30 in the morning, everyone's like not around, you're on TV and there's someone selling it like an infomercial. The faithometer. A little bit of gusto, a little bit of gusto in there, you know? The faith ometer. And he talks about how there's this faith ometer in the Bible with Jesus. And he carries around this faith ometer whenever Jesus was talking to people. It's like he whips out this faith ometer and he gets a little bit of read on people's faith. You know, he would say things like, You of little faith. Faith ometer just goes right down. Or he'll say stuff like, Your faith has healed you. Faith ometer goes up. Or he'll say stuff like, Your faith has made you whole. I like Matthew 8. There was a centurion man who comes to Jesus because one of his servants was at home paralyzed. And Jesus says, oh, I'll come and we'll pray for him. And the centurion man, he says to Jesus, no, you don't need to come. You don't need to come to my house. No, 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 that's not how this works. I'm a man of authority too. I understand how authority works. You don't need to come to my house and, and pray for that guy. All you have to do is say that he'll be healed here and he will be healed there. You see, the centurion man carried faith. And in response to that, Jesus says, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. 
Then later on in the account, it goes on to say, go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Later on in Matthew 8, Jesus, he calms the storm and he says to the disciples, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Again, the faith meter down low. Or what about Luke 7, 36 to 50? We, we see a sinful woman. She comes to wash Jesus' feet with her, her tears and pours a fine perfume on them. And, and, and he says to them uh, that uh, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. There's this simple action where she comes to Jesus and he says, your faith has saved you. Matthew 15, 28, there's a Canaanite woman with a demon-possessed daughter and, and she's come to Jesus. She, she sought reprieve, she sought deliverance from all these different places, but she comes to Jesus hoping that he could set this daughter free. And, and in that moment, she says to Jesus something like, all I need is the crumbs of your glory to fall off the table. I don't even need a whole lot of it. I just need a little bit of it and I know that my daughter will be healed. And Jesus in that moment commends her for, her faith. He says, O woman, again, faith meter, great is your faith, be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was instantly healed. Matthew 6, 28 to 32, Jesus is teaching on the topic of worry. And he's speaking to people who have been swept up in, in what they're going to eat or what they're going to drink or what they're going to wear. And he says, you of little faith, you of little faith. And then he goes on to assure them that their heavenly father knows what they need. Matthew 17, the disciples asked Jesus why they couldn't cast out a demon from a young boy. And he replies, because you have so little faith. But then he goes on to say, faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. He, he points out their little faith. But then in that moment, what he does, all you need is a little bit more. Just get a little bit more faith. You don't have to all of a sudden go from being down here to, to being like one of the generals of the faith. You don't have to, to go from like a, a one to a 10. I'm asking you to go from a one to a two. You know, all you need is a little bit of faith and you can see mountains move. I'm reminded of Mark 6 verse 5. It says, because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. You know what this speaks to right here? It speaks to the familiarity that creeps in when we've been doing life with Christ for a long time. Maybe you've been coming to church your whole life. You think you've seen it all before. It's a dangerous place to be in in our faith when we get comfortable and we stop believing for God to astound us, when we stop believing for God to astonish us. We need to constantly be asking God and believing for God to do greater than what we've seen. I like in Luke 18, 35 to 43, when a blind beggar cries out, he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stops and asks him what he wants and the beggar says, Lord, I wanna see. And Jesus says to him, receive your sight, your faith has healed you. You know, all of these moments, all of these points within the Gospels, it leads me to this simple thought around faith. It leads me to this thought that there is a spectrum of faith. And we are on the spectrum of faith. Maybe we're down here on the spectrum of faith. Maybe we're up here on the spectrum of faith. Maybe at times we vacillate in our faith. And sometimes we've got big faith because we've seen God do awesome things. And other times our faith is wavering. But if there is such thing as a spectrum of faith, then and I would submit to you tonight that we have the ability to move the needle of the faith that we carry. If you're lacking faith, you can go to God and ask the Holy Spirit to give you an increased measure of faith in your life to believe for greater things. And when you ask Him for it, He will give it to you. Tonight, I want to talk to you about how to increase 
the measure of faith that you carry. If you take your notes, the, the title of this message really simply is Faith, the Fuel of Heaven. I've got three thoughts, three revelations that if you can grab a hold of it, it'll help you increase your faith. If you take your notes tonight, the, the first thought or the first revelation that I've got for you is that faith has a feeling. Faith has a feeling. You know, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says that we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. You know, um, I've seen at times people take this scripture and kind of twist it a little bit. It's like they put it into an alliteration generator and then they kind of just tweak it a little bit and they say, don't worry, walk by faith and not by feelings. Walk by faith and not by feelings. But you know, I, I worry that whole thought of walking by faith and not by feelings is an overly simplistic statement when it comes to the things of God. Because what I've experienced is that faith has a feeling. And so if we say walk by faith and not by feelings, what do you do in those moments when you start feeling faith in you, when you start feeling something rise in you, when you start feeling that faith coming into you? Faith is a feeling of absolute confidence. Hebrews 11 verse 1, he writes it beautifully in the New Living Translation. It says, faith shows us the reality of what we hope for, and it's the evidence of the things we cannot see. It has a feeling. If you've, if you've got faith in you, it's something that you can feel. Have you ever felt faith rise in your heart? Anyone know what I'm talking about? It's that expectation. It's that hunger. I could even sense in worship tonight that there's great faith in this atmosphere. There's great expectation in this atmosphere. You know, there's been times where I've felt faith rising in my heart. You know, maybe that there's been like an, a visiting evangelist or, or a visiting preacher. And even before you're in the meeting, you know that you're going to receive from God. And there's this thing that's starting to, to happen. Young people, maybe it's in the lead up to camp and you're getting ready for camp. And you know that on that night of camp, that big night of camp, God's about to do something in your life. You could feel faith beginning to rise in your life. You know, I remember a number of years ago, I felt faith rising. And uh, it's probably about, you know, nine years ago now. And I was at a meeting at our church and, and we had, we had a, uh, someone come to preach and, and they moved powerfully in the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm there and people getting laid out under the power of God. And in that moment, I just felt something starting to bubble over in my heart. And it's like God's saying, I, I want to, I want to, impart something into you tonight and, and so I thought you know what I'm going to get ready to receive and people are falling over and so I thought I'm going to need a catcher and so I thought you know brother my friend come over here get ready to catch me so I'm standing here ready to receive I got my catcher here ready to go but I thought man if the Holy Spirit is moving really powerfully I might get a little bit of air so I'll get a second catcher back here as well so I got one two catchers but I thought man if he hits me hard I could get some serious hang time so I got another catcher back here as well and then I'm here and I'm there waiting to get prayer. And, and anyone kind of, you know, you're at the altar waiting to get prayed for. And now, don't lie, but you have a little sneaky peek. And you kind of like, the preacher's down the other end and you're like. But as they get closer, we always get more spiritual, don't we? You're like. You get ready, you hunger, the faith is rising. And in that moment, he comes, he lays hands on me. I didn't fall backwards, I fell forwards. And I'm on the ground, I'm weeping, I'm crying. God's birthing something in, in me in that moment. He's releasing a vision, he's releasing a download, he's talking to me. about seeing young people saved, about being in schools. He's giving me this picture in that moment. And I felt faith rise in me before it happened. You see, Faith is something we can feel. It's something that rises in us. And in those moments of faith, when we know it's rising in us and it's very evident, I'd submit to you that we need to act on our faith. 
when you feel faith in you, do something about it. Don't let it just be a fleeting moment. Don't let it just be a passing feeling. When you start feeling faith rise in you, take the step of faith. Act on on the step of faith. And in moments when you lack faith, in moments where your faithometer is low, learn how to fan the flame of faith again. Learn to do things that are gonna build up your faith, that are gonna edify your faith, that the Holy Spirit would breathe on that faith again. Grow your faith, expand your faith. To uh, Timothy 4.7 says that I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. I've kept the faith. Faith is something we can keep. It's something to be stewarded. You can steward faith. You can keep faith. You can grow your faith. You know, if you're constantly feeding things into your life that you just find yourself always being so pessimistic about stuff or you find yourself just just watching things on Netflix or, or on socials that just always is just depleting the faith in you. Start feeding things into you that are gonna build you up. Rubbish in, rubbish out. You know, if you need to build your faith, start getting a messy Bible. Or what do they say? Clean Bible, messy heart. Messy Bible, clean heart. Right? Do things in your life to start building faith in you. And the more you learn to discern what that feeling of faith feels like, the sharper your ability will become to operate in faith. You begin to identify it. You begin to see it. You begin to, to, to know when God is on something. Young person, maybe you're at school this week and you start feeling faith rise in you. And God says, I want you to talk to that friend. In that moment, don't go, oh, I'll do it, I'll do it in three days' time. I'll do it in four. That opportunity that you've got right now might not be there tomorrow. Might not be there the day after that. Friends, when you're at work and someone tells you that they're going through crazy stuff at home or, or, or their loved one is struggling with sickness or something, take the step of faith. Ask them, hey, I'm gonna be praying for your family. Is that all right? What else do you need prayer for? Take the step of faith and see what God does. Faith, my friends, has a feeling. You getting something out of this tonight? And I'll say point number two. Take your notes, write this down. Put demand on your faith. Put demand on your faith. Faith is like a muscle. The more you use it, the greater it grows. Faith is like a muscle that can be developed, it can be built, and, and, and it's something that when you don't tend to it, it, it will decrease. It's something that when you don't steward it, it gets get saggy and floppy. You know? it, it, faith is like a muscle that needs to be worked. That's why we constantly need to put demand on our faith. Luke 17 verse 5 it says that the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. They wanted their faith stretched. They wanted demand put on their faith. They wanted their faith increased. And they asked the Lord to expand their faith. And Jesus did so by putting them environments, in environments where there was demand on their faith, where they had to step out, where they had to operate in the anointing that he had given them, where they had to believe that God was going to come through. Their faith was expanded by putting themselves in environments where there was demand on their faith. And do you know that your faith can grow so large that you can actually use your faith for others? I think about the boys that they took their friend to Jesus. They lowered their friend on a mat down through the roof. Their faith actually became a conduit for their friend to have an encounter with Jesus. They used their faith for somebody else. If you want to put demand on your faith, you go, well, how do I put demand on my faith? Simply by doing things with a gap. Do things with a gap. You know, 
like those things where you can't do it in your own strength, where it's, it's like you could go to here, but you're believing for here. That right there, that's the gap. It's in the gap where we put demand on our faith. The gap is where God moves. When there's no gap, there's no need for a move of God. When there's no gap, there's no need for, for his power to come down because we can just do it in our own strength. And it could be a noble thing. It could be a good thing when we do it in our own strength. I'm not saying that's always bad. You know, God has given us our skills and gifting for a reason, but I don't wanna just operate in my skills and gifting. I want more than that. I want God's power to move because I wanna be at a point to what takes place and say that wasn't me, it was God. So that it would be a testimony of his faithfulness, of his goodness and of his power. Friends, we gotta do things with a gap. Faith helps us close the gap. Faith helps us access the power needed to be in that gap. Faith makes a way where there is no way. You go, well, how can I discern the difference between faith and just like carnal hope? You know where like you really want something to happen and you kind of like you're hoping that it happens? Well, what's the difference between faith and, and hope? Well, if I was to digress for a second, I, I just wanna I guess, share a frustration that I have. It's a, it's a big frustration in life, Pastor Dan. Pastor Poppy, I've been reconciling with this one for a while. It's a real struggle of mine. And can we just have a little bit of hashtag real talk for a second? This is a great frustration in my life. Now, the frustration that I have in this life, in this season, is something perhaps many of you have also experienced. It's something of great annoyance. It's something that frustrates me, although it's something I should be happy about. It's something that I should celebrate. It's something that I should be using to virtue signal my, my, my care for the environment, but it always leaves me feeling annoyed. And the thing that I wanna to talk to you about tonight is paper straws. I'm done with them. I go, I have a sneaky Macca's run every now and then and I get a strawberry thick shake. I can never finish my drink with a paper straw. It disintegrates. It goes into mush. You talk about Krispy Kremes in Melbourne. Man, their straws are terrible. And here's the thing. My wife is an environmental tree-hugging, turtle-loving, glass-straw-carrying woman of whom I love and am impressed by, and she's constantly on my case about these straws. And here's the thing. I'm okay with bamboo. I'm okay with glass. I'm even okay with the metal ones. But I cannot deal with a paper straw. It does my head in. Is there anybody who agrees? Thank you. The problem is though, we all want to save the turtles. We've all seen that video of the turtle with the, the straw coming out. And so we, we, we put up with these paper straws. And you go, well, what has that got to do with faith and carnal hope? Well, simply this. Carnal hope is like a paper straw. When you put demand on carnal hope, it doesn't stand up to that demand. It doesn't go the distance, hello segue. It does not last the distance when it's just in our own hope. We need faith. You see, when we put demand on our faith, it has the structure, it has the foundation built on Christ, powered by His Holy Spirit for us to go the distance. When you put demand on faith, it goes the distance. It lasts, it's needed. It can come through in those times. It will not fail you because it comes from God. Put demand on your faith. Create a gap for God to move. Well, how do we do that? Well, what's some stuff that we could do to create a gap? What's some stuff that we can, we can do as a step of faith? Well, well, maybe you haven't been water baptized. Get water baptized. 
take a step of faith and say, I'm going to acknowledge that he's my Lord and Savior publicly. But maybe the step of faith for you is to start tithing. I'm not talking just about giving as a once-off. I'm saying build that discipline in your life that you're going to give 10% of your income to God every week and see what He does. Step into the gap and let God come through. And I guarantee you, when you put demand on your faith through tithing, God will bless you and He will make you and He will look after you and He will provide for you when you take that step of faith. Maybe for you, the step of faith is to invite someone to church. Maybe it's to start fasting for something. Maybe the step of faith is to pray for healing for yourself or for someone else. Maybe the step of faith, if you are a tither, is to increase your giving. Maybe the step of faith is to talk to someone about God. Maybe for some of you tonight, the step of faith is to enroll and start doing Bible college. Maybe it's to put your hand up and run a connect group. Maybe it's to go on the mission field. Maybe you've been sensing God calling you to go on the mission field, but you just got it too good. And you know what God has said, and you're just going, yeah, but I'll just get this sorted then and this sorted then, and then I'll go, but... but, but now it's been five years, and then it's been seven years, or, or it just keeps getting pushed out. Take the step of faith. Maybe God's been speaking to you about planting a church. I love that someone got a word from God to plant this church 27 years ago, and because they took a step of faith, man, look at what God has done generations have been blessed because of a faith step many years ago. Young adults in this place, any young adults in this place, maybe your faith step is to ask someone on a date. Right now, where every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you're single and ready to mingle, no. Take a step of faith. Do something that puts you in the gap where God has to move. Oh, but pastor, Pastor Dave, I have big faith. I carry huge faith. It just looks different to the faith that other people carry. It's deep, 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 deep down in my heart. Well, if I could be as bold to provoke for a second or even rebuke, James 2, 14 to 26 says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things that they need for the body. What good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. If you're a carrier of big faith, it means we've got to do something with the faith that we carry. We've got to step out. We've got to act on it. You know, uh, when I do youth camps and different things like that, uh, very often I feel like God will just come into that moment and just begin to release prophetic words. And there are times where I'll release a prophetic word, but God's like, I want you to prophesy over that person. And I'm like, oh, what do you want me to prophesy? And he won't tell me until I tell him, hey, God's got a word for you. And then as they're coming out the front, I'm like, well, God, I'm ready for the word. And it's not till like they're, they're right there starting to pray. But the thing is, the prophetic word for me doesn't come till I take that step of faith. All I know is that God's identified a person and he says, I want you to prophesy over that person. And then as I take that step of faith and says, say, God's got a word for you, that's when the word comes. You see, there's that faith element to our ministry in life that we need to learn to, to work with in our life. You know, Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Here it says by the word of God. It's not talking about 
the Logos word, which is, is the Bible, it's talking about the rhema word. What, what's the rhema word? The rhema word is when God speaks directly to us. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by that direct word from God. We need to learn how to interpret and, and hear the voice of God. And when we hear the voice of God speaking into our situations, we need to take the faith that we've been stewarding, that we've been carrying, that we've been making sure it's there, fueled, ready to go, so that when God speaks to us, we don't have to go and try and whip ourselves into a frenzy and get ready. We are already there, ready to step out and act on the word that God has given us. Friends, we need to be in that place, ready to act on the word of God. We gotta listen for his voice. I'm not talking about saying, God, if you're real, Someone needs to come to me and say, God wants you to know he's real. You know, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. Talking about saying, God, if you ask me to do something crazy that's in line with your word, that I know wise counsel would say, yeah, God's on that. doesn't matter what it's going to cost me. doesn't matter what the fallout is. I am going to be obedient to the word of God. You know, if you wait for everything to line up, if you wait for all the logistics to be there and sorted, you know, maybe, maybe you're saying, well, first I'm just going to finish school, then I'm going to do an engineering degree, and then I'm going to work for a few years, and then I'm going to start telling people about Jesus because I'll be in that place where they'll really respect me by that point. It may, maybe you feel God call you to plant a church, and you go, well, first I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to do all these things, and I'm going to get married, have six kids, maybe seven kids. You know, you know what? Let's just go eight. I think they're upping parental leave at the moment. So, you know what? Let's just let's go for it. And I'm going to do all these things. And then after all those things are done and the kids are out of the house, then, then I'm going to plant a church. No, no, no. If you wait for everything to line up in life, you'll be waiting forever. What I've seen is it's not until you take the step of faith that you begin to see the answer to the need that's there. It's not until you take the step of faith that the resource comes. It's not until you take the step of faith that you have the words to say. It's not until you take the step of faith that the God brings what's needed for that thing because until you've taken that step, the need's not there. You gotta create the gap with the need there. We need to constantly be putting demand on our faith. Faith has a feeling. We need to put demand on our faith. And the last point tonight as the band comes up, take your notes, write this down is receive things by faith. Receive things by faith. You know, faith has this amazing ability to occupy a simple purpose. It's a vehicle of delivery. Just like a delivery truck delivering mail or packages, just like a capsule delivering medicine to the body or an ATM delivering currency to its end user, faith is a delivery vehicle. We receive things through faith. I remember being on a youth camp many years ago and there with another minister and, and we're, we're praying for people down the front and, and people are falling over under the power of God and he's moving and it's just this great moment and this young girl comes out the front and as she comes out the front, she's kind of like looking around like a bit fresh and, and it's all good. But then as she goes to get prayed for, she sort of does this and she does this classic little move, puts her foot back. She's like, uh-uh, I'm not, I don't want this. And, and it's completely fine. We, we never want to pressure people into things. We never want to force anything. We never want to have someone feel un uncomfortable when it comes to ministry. But I thought about that moment and just thought about kind of that stance. And I thought there's something in that. You see, 
when we're receiving from God, we receive by faith. And sometimes fear can creep in. And we can say, this is a little bit weird. Sometimes doubt can creep in. We go, oh, I don't know about all this stuff. But what I've seen is that people who do big things for God are people who know how to receive big things from God. To the measure you receive, be the measure you can give. To the measure you receive, be the measure you operate. And we need to have this posture where saying, God, I'm gonna receive by faith your authority. I'm gonna receive by faith your anointing. We receive things by faith. Salvation is received through faith. The impartation of the Holy Spirit is received through faith. A greater anointing is received through faith. I've made a list here. Why don't you stand to your feet tonight? By faith, we're saved. By faith, we're forgiven. We're born again. We're set free. By faith, we receive the grace of God. By faith, we're justified. By faith, we're filled. We're healed. We're redeemed. By faith, we become God's children. By faith, Christ dwells in us. By faith, we're given an ability to obey God. By faith, we're made righteous. By faith, we receive confidence. Our prayers and petitions shift things through faith. By faith, we receive joy and peace. If you need peace tonight, by faith, why don't you receive it from God. By faith, we receive rest. By faith, we receive an ability to endure life's trials. By faith, we become overcomers. By faith, we become more than conquerors. By faith, we're kept in the power of God. By faith, we receive eternal life. By faith, we receive revelation and understanding. By faith, God's Word works in us. By faith, we can experience miracles. And by faith, we receive the authority of the Holy Spirit. James 1.6 says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. A posture of receiving is a posture of faith. He's saying, God, tonight, I want an increased measure of faith. T.L. Osborne says, When the promises of God are believed and acted upon, it becomes the power of God. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer and believe that you have received it, it will be yours. Tonight, I believe God wants to impart the gift of faith through His Holy Spirit. He wants to fill people with His power. He wants to fill people with His anointing. And it's gonna manifest by way of an impartation of faith. And in a moment, I'm gonna open the altar for people who say, I wanna receive the gift of faith. I want to receive a, a greater measure of faith in my life. I want to be someone who carries that faith that can see breakthrough, who carries that faith that can see revival break out, who carries that faith that can see people saved, who carries that faith that can see His anointing sweep through my well. But before we do that, right across this room, I just want us to let faith rise in our hearts. So why don't we stand, uh, lift our hands to heaven right now. I want you to lift your hands to heaven. I want you to begin to tell God in this place in your own words, Father, I want more of you. Father, I want more of your anointing. And come on right now, if you've got a heavenly language, why don't you let faith begin to rise right now? Why don't you begin to lift up your voices in this place? Father, we thank you that your presence is here right now. 
God, we thank you that you're stirring faith in this atmosphere. And God, we thank you that when we're carriers of faith, your Holy Spirit will empower us and flow through us. God, we thank you that through faith, God, your Holy Spirit will come. God, you're going to release the prophetic. You're going to release signs and wonders and miracles. God, you're going to release words of knowledge. God, you're going to release discernment in this place. God, we thank you that you are releasing an impartation of faith in this room right now. And so, Father, right now, as faith is rising, we're asking to receive from you. Come on, right now, if you want to receive the gift of faith, I want you to come and posture yourself down the front right now. And I want you to begin to cry out to heaven. If you're saying, I want to receive the gift of faith, you're saying, God, I want to receive the gift of faith. Maybe you're a carrier of faith tonight. Maybe what you need to ask God to do in your life is to increase your faith. If you're saying, God, would you increase my faith? Come on, leaders, if you're saying, God, I want you to increase my faith. Don't just spectate right now. Get hungry for yourself. God, would you increase our faith? God, would you increase our faith? And we're going to begin to cry out. We're going to get pastors to come and lay hands right now. He's saying, God, we want to receive the gift of faith. Father, we thank you for your presence right now. Come on, let's just begin to worship. We thank you for your presence. God, we pray. God, release anointing into this room. Lord, release anointing into this room. God, we pray an impartation of faith. God, an impartation of faith. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.